There is a great deal of uncertainty in the world today, but rather than resort to worry or fear, Pastor Ed Taylor says this is the time to trust in the Lord. God doesn't give us the future. What he does is he meets us in the future with the grace that we need to face the day, just today. What's happening in the church today, they're getting so caught up in hypothetical theories and things that maybe this and what about this and have this and if this happens, this. And they're all caught up in these, all these hypothetical things. They're worrying about tomorrow and forgetting about today. You see, uncertainty is not designed to get you caught up in what ifs. The uncertainty is designed to build your faith in God. If the Lord wills, we can face anything in life in the will of God. This is amazing grace. This is unfailing love. That you would take my place. That you would bear my cross. You While many rush to the nearest psychic, wanting to know their future, the truth is we don't know the future outside of what God tells us in his word. The thrust of today's message from Ed Taylor is even though we don't know the future, we must choose to trust the Lord and rely on the faithfulness of God. We'll see an example of this in Joshua chapter 3, and that's where we're headed now on Abounding Grace. Would you take your Bibles, open them to Joshua chapter 3. Joshua chapter 3 in a Bible study that I've entitled, Even Though I Don't Know the Future. Even Though I Don't Know the Future. You know, today people are very discouraged. I would say deeply discouraged. There are so many uncertainties around us, so much unfairness and challenges. All throughout 2020 and now into 2021, it's really taken its toll. Mental health issues, anxieties, fears. At the bottom of so many hearts, even among us today, is a deep sense of discouragement. Maybe even as you're facing things, you, fatalism has crept into your heart, where you just throw up your hands and go, well, whatever, this is what it's going to be. You add to that a new atmosphere, both in our culture, but also into the church, even into our church. A culture, an atmosphere of skepticism, division, criticism, conspiracy theories, and it's become a very hard world to navigate. It was hard enough, and it's become very challenging to navigate through this new world. And in the 24-plus years that I've personally been in pastoral ministry, I have never seen so much division and difficulties ever in the entirety of my ministry, ever. It seems like through 2020 and 2021, I've seen more division, caustic, nastiness. Uh, I've seen so much that, that just in the last year and a half that covers the whole years of ministry prior. And believe me, I've seen a few things through the years here. It seems like affirmation and support and agape love is being discouraged by powerful societal trends, political strife, cynicism, distrust, suspicion, negativity, envy, and a general feeding of bad news. 
And they all combine together to chill our hearts. Just like the Bible said, in the last days, the love of many will grow cold. I know you read that and you think, yeah, the love of this world will grow cold, but that's not the entirety of context. It's also the love of Christians, of believers, will grow cold in a time in the last days. And church, you're seeing it with your own eyes right now, maybe even experiencing it, where being right and establishing what's right is more important than being right in love and caring for the other person in love. To me, it's terrible to see the critical culture around us seep into how we relate to one another in the church of Jesus Christ. And as believers and the pastors among us and the leaders and servants among us, God has enabled us to help each other keep our eyes and our lives firmly fixed upon our Savior. Even in Isaiah chapter 26, verse 3, you know, the Bible says, you will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed upon you. That really is the place of spiritual warfare, our minds. Like the hymn writer once said, O soul, are you weary and troubled? No light in the darkness you see? There's a light for the look of a Savior and life more abundant and free. Turn your eyes upon Jesus. Look full in his wonderful face. And the things of earth, will grow strangely dim in the light of his glory and grace. Today, I want to remind you that even though I don't know the future, I will choose to trust in the Lord. Even though we don't know the future, we will trust in the Lord. Isn't that your heart today? Aren't you looking for an anchor in a very chaotic world? A place where you can have your feet firmly fixed as the winds and the storms of life beat down on your life and on your home and on your family. I don't know the future, so then, therefore, I'm faced with choices. Faith or fear? Forward or backward? Follow or run away? Steadiness or freak out? Choices abound. I know somehow we think that if we only knew what was up ahead, things today would be so much better. If God would just tell us how it's going to come down, show us what daily it's going to look like, things would be so much better, encouraging, and peaceful today. I mean, you think about it in your life right now. Will I get that job? Will I lose my job? Will this problem work itself out? Where will I live? How will I feed? Who will I marry? How long will I live? These are all questions that are plaguing us and concerning us. I think of how long, how will things turn out with our current government? Uh, what will happen with mandates and viruses and so much swirling around us? But you know, life is not like that. God leads us moment by moment, step by step. He's developing in us a deep, a wa abiding walk and life of faith. He doesn't give us the whole picture. He, he doesn't tell us how everything is going to line up. Instead, he wants us to trust him. The Bible says this, jot it down please, 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 6. The Bible says, so we are always confident knowing that while we're at home in the body, we are absent from the Lord. For we walk by faith and not by, say it with me church, let me read it, let me set you up again. For we walk by faith and not by The problem is, is you want to walk by sight. Many of the sinful mistakes that we make as believers is because we've chosen to walk by sight.
We experience a situation, we hear a troubling report, and we immediately respond to what we see or what we hear. And it's always a mistake. Today we're reminded that even though we don't know the future, we can rely upon the faithfulness of God. We have an example of that here in Joshua chapter 3. Notice with me in verse 1. Then Joshua rose early in the morning, and they set out from the Acacia Grove and came to the Jordan. That would be the Jordan River. He and all the children of Israel, they lodged there before they crossed over. So it was that after three days, the officers went through the camp, and they commanded the people, saying, When you see the Ark of the Covenant, the Lord your God, and the priests and the Levites bearing it, then you shall set out from your place and go after it. Yet there shall be a space between you and it, about 2,000 cubits by measure. Do not come near it, that you may know the way by which you must go. And then mark this. If you don't already have it marked, mark this phrase. For you have not passed this way before. You have not passed this way before, church. Everything that we're currently experiencing in the moment, we have not passed this way before. And here's the thing. Because we haven't passed this way before, our life is filled with uncertainty. We simply don't know the future. You need to acknowledge that in your life. You don't know the future. I know a lot of people would want to argue about it, want to say, oh, no, we, no, collectively, we don't know the future. We don't know how things are going to turn out. We don't know the decisions that are going to be made. We don't know the situations that are going to affect us. We don't know why, because we haven't passed this way before. Here is the nation of Israel on the edge of the promised land. This is it. This is what they've been waiting for during their 40-year death march of disobedience. Remember, prior to this time, you've got the nation wandering around the wilderness because of their unbelief, the Bible says. They, They received the consequences of their unbelief by a whole generation dying in the wilderness. These are now their kids and their grandkids. They are experiencing the promises of God. They're about ready to go in. They're going to get everything that they expect. It's like like you you have that anticipation. Things are going to get better. We're going to get the promises of God. It's going to be good. But you have to understand something. They don't know what's going to happen in their life right now. They don't know. They don't know. You and I, when we read the Bible, unfortunately, or fortunately to some degree, but unfortunately, we know the whole story. We know how, we know there's chapter four, chapter five. We know they're going to get to the end of the chapter and Joshua is going to distribute the land just like he said. We know the end. They don't. They're living it real time. And in real time right now, they are at the edge of a river that's overflowing its banks. They're at the edge of a place of another impossibility. That They are poised to go in with great expectation, but they don't know yet that what the promised land will include is a lot of fighting, a lot of battles, a lot of death. They don't know about the unusual way that God is going to lead them in Jericho. They don't know about Rahab yet. They don't know about how things are going to happen where there's going to be great victory in Jericho only to be soundly defeated, defeated in the promised land. Like things are going to get harder for them, not easier for them in many ways. They don't know. And I want you for a moment to consider your own current circumstances. You don't know the future. It could get better. It could get worse. 
but what do we do in the meantime? I want to give you three words and three things in this text that will help you when you come to the place in any area of life where you go, even though I don't know the future, there are three things that always come up when we are faced with the unknown, when we are faced with something that we are unable to dictate the future. If you want to take notes, number one, uncertainty. Number two, fear. And number three, newness. Uncertainty, fear, and newness. Let's look at number one, uncertainty. Uncertainty develops a new dependence upon the Lord. Let me repeat that. When you're faced with uncertainty, uncertainty develops a new dependence upon the Lord. In front of the children of Israel here is perhaps in front of you right now something that we could call the great, and I quote, unknown. The great unknown. What's up ahead, we just don't know. We're unsure. And there is an uncertainty to the future because you haven't passed this way before. You simply don't know what's up ahead. And God is ready to lead us through this difficult place. God is ready to teach us deep dependence. God is ready in our uncertainties to encourage us and strengthen us. Let me show you. Turn over to James chapter 4, would you? That's to the right. Since we spent all that time in Hebrews, James is the very next book. James chapter 4. I want you to see this in your own Bibles. James chapter 4. When you get there, pick up with me in verse 13. James gives us great insight on this season of uncertainty in our lives. Verse 13, come now, you who say today or tomorrow we will go to such and such a city, spend a year there, buy and sell and make a profit, whereas you do not know what will happen tomorrow. For what is your life? It's even a vapor that appears for a little time and then vanishes away. Instead, you ought to say, if the Lord wills, we shall live and do this or that. But now you boast in your arrogance. All such boasting is evil. Therefore, to him who knows to do good and does not do it, to him it is a sin. Verse 17 is very important because it's often taken out of context. The context of to him who knows to do good and does not do it, to him is a sin, is getting caught up in the future and being worried about the future and planning all the way into the future, expecting God to act a certain way. It says, no, the good thing to do, when you know to do good, and that is to trust in the Lord. That, that is to place your trust in the Lord because you realize that your life is a very quick vapor. Here today, gone tomorrow. It's just here for a little bit of time. And we learn to say, if the Lord wills, those are words of dependence. Where you come to the place and go, whatever you want for me, God, however you want to use me. I don't know what the future holds, but I trust you and I'm learning to trust you. We don't have to argue this fact, church. The future is uncertain to all of us. None of us know the future. I don't know what might happen in my life. I want to know. I think that in my mind, if God would just lay it all out for me, then I could, man, I just would feel so much better. But that's just not true. If God told you that a horrible calamity would happen in a year and a half from now, it would ruin the next year and a half of your life. You, you would be completely, I mean, there's a lot of different ways you would respond. One way you would respond, you would try to do everything in your power possible to avoid that day. 
Like you would cross it off on your calendar and you would say, like you would travel to another place. Like you would, to, you would want, this is the natural response. You're watching it right now. When things are outside of our control, we clamor for some kind of control. And if we were told some calamity, we, it would wreck us. Because God doesn't give us the future. What he does is he meets us in the future with the grace that we need to face the day. Just today. What's happening in the church today, they're getting so caught up in hypothetical theories and things that maybe this and what about this and have this and if this happens, this. And they're all caught up in these, all these hypothetical things. They're worrying about tomorrow and forgetting about today. You see, uncertainty is not designed to get you caught up in what ifs. The uncertainty is designed to build your faith in God. If the Lord wills, we can face anything in life in the will of God. Pain, sorrow, difficulty. Hey, maybe things will get better. Maybe they'll get better in the future. We praise the Lord. Maybe they won't. Maybe your next battle will be Jericho and there's victory. But maybe your next battle will be Ai and there's defeat. The children of Israel don't have any idea what's up ahead, except God is teaching them to depend upon him. Number two, not only is there uncertainty, but there's also fear. There's fear. There's real bona fide fear, even among us today. And God wants me to remind you that it's not a sin to be fearful. Fear is natural and normal when we face things that are outside of our control, when there's uncertainty. When there's uncertainty, there is a sense of fear. Now, we've studied in previous studies how fear can become irrational and we can make bad decisions for sure. But fear is an emotion that God has given to us for good reasons. It pauses us. It causes us to look at things with caution, to examine things a little more clearly, a little bit more slowly. And with fear, number two, fear develops a new faith walk with the Lord. So from dependence now, comes a walk with the Lord, forward progress. Forward progress with dependence and faith. Now, I do say so many do fear the future. I don't know how hard it's going to get. I don't know how high the mountains are that I must cross. I don't know how deep and difficult the valleys that will shadow me along the way. I don't know if I'll be able to stand up against the enemies. I don't even know what enemies I'm going to face in the future. I don't know how that financial situation is going to happen. I don't know what's going to happen at work. I don't know what's going to happen with my rental property. I don't know. I don't know what's going to happen with my landlord. I don't know what's going to happen in my community. I don't know what the government's going to do. And I don't know anything about the future. But I do know this. Whether it's a mountain to climb or a valley to walk through, my good shepherd will be with me. He will take care of me. He will help me each step of the way. And like the children of Israel here, we're standing at the banks of a rushing river, wondering if we'll make it through. I don't know. I'm not sure what God is going to do, except that he'll be with me. The future for many stirs up so much fear and anxiety. I know that this verse has been used, unfortunately, in ways to hurt the body of Christ. And I wish for those using the Bible to hurt people, I wish you would stop. But there's this verse when fear pops up or the topic of fear, well-minded, maybe even some not well-minded Christians will go, wait a minute, wait a minute. The Bible says that God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and love and a sound mind. 
And I did use some kind of emphasis in my voice to make a point. God has not given us a spirit of fear. Calm down. You're right. That scripture is 100% true. But I think it gets misused. Because let's say you're dealing with fear right now, real fear, you, you and me. We're dealing with fears and anxieties. I would say to you this, God has not given you a spirit of fear. He's given to you power and love and a sound mind. What that means is that, yeah, your fear, that irrational fear is not from the Lord. But he's ready to dispel that fear if you trust him. He's ready to work with you if you turn to him. He's ready, to, he's ready to help you if you'll just turn your mind toward him and trust him in this scary time. Of course he hasn't given us a spirit of fear. He's faithful and good. But the world instills all kinds of fears in us. And we've got to learn how to trust in the Lord with all of our hearts and lean not on our own understanding. To acknowledge him in all our ways and what? He'll direct our paths. He'll walk with us. You see, fear, fear is something that God can use to develop our faith walk with the Lord. That is Pastor Ed Taylor on Abounding Grace. And Ed, as we wrapped up today, you made an interesting point. Fear is something that God can use to develop our faith walk with him. Would you explain and elaborate a little bit? Well, Larry, you know that fear is an intense emotion. Uh, It's not always a bad thing, right? Because God will use that fight or flight mentality where fear can be used to rescue us from danger, alert us to significant issues, but it can also be a tool that reminds us of the sovereignty of God, his overarching care and concern for our life, his omnipotence, all-powerful. And fear will remind us that we must place our trust in him and it becomes a tool of connection it becomes a real point of connection and a tool in God's hands to remind us of his faithfulness to even bring to remembrance you know things in the past that God has been faithful in the past with situations that we faced very fearful harmful difficult situations God has been there for us we've endured all all sorts of restrictions God has been there for us We've endured all sorts of mandates. God has been there for us. We don't know what the future might hold, but but we do know who holds the future. And it becomes a bridge of God just touching and tapping into the depths of who we are. Because when we acknowledge that things are out of our control, which, listen, typically everything is out of our control. Like we, we are at the mercy of our faithful Savior. We're not in the mercy of the circumstances of the world. No, God overrules, and he is the one that we live by faith. And fear just reminds us, you know, whenever we're facing fear, Lord, I'll cry out to you. I trust you. I mean, read through the Psalms. I was reading today, just remember when David said, he starts talking to himself. He goes, man, why are you so, why are you disquieted within me? Hope in God and fear will turn us to the Lord, calling out to him, trusting in him. Good stuff. That is very helpful. Thanks again, Pastor Ed. You can hear this message again online at AboundingGraceRadio.com or listen through our app. Search for Ed Taylor in the App Store or Google Play. 
Hey, this is Pastor Ed from Abounding Grace Radio, and I wanted to let you know that we just released another book. It's called Face Your Fears. And in it, I really want to encourage you with all the worrisome difficulties that are surrounding our world and culture today. I mean, perhaps you're feeling it yourself, fearful, filled with anxiety, wondering what's next, wondering what the future holds. As a pastor, I want you to consider God's faithfulness, His utter reliability, and I would encourage you to pick up a copy. You can get it on our website, calvaryco.store, calvaryco.store. And when you do, just know that all the net proceeds support missions and people doing the ministry around the world. And we would love to partner with you. Get a copy, get some first friends, and be encouraged in the Lord. Abounding Grace is made possible through the generous support of listeners just like you. And as we continue delivering God's Word one verse at a time, we're looking to our listeners for help. Together, we can reach people with the love and truth of Christ and make a difference in these last days. To make a secure donation, drop by AboundingGraceRadio.com or call 877-30-GRACE. This is amazing grace. Abounding Grace is brought to you by Calvary Church, Colorado, here in Aurora. 